become a patron of Entertainment Landfill. Go to patreon.com slash landfill for details. Entertainment Landfill is made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Thank you. Bishop of Battle, Master of All I Survey. I have 13 progressively harder levels. Try me if you dare. Presents Landfill News with your host, the Jaystrom. Now, here's your host, the Jaystrom. Hello, everyone. I am the Jaystrom, just like I just said. And what was with uh, TRS 80 there? I think I need to clean her cash out or something. She sounded drowsy and drunk. It was beyond weird, like she had been drugged or something. I swear I'm not drunk. <laughs> yeah, sure. You're you're definitely drunk. Uh, well, hello, guys. It's time for Entertainment Landfill News, and I'm your host, The Jaystrom. Welcome to the show. Uh, I wasn't able to do a show on Wednesday, and... I the reason being is that uh, I was at a field trip with my daughter's school, her sixth grade class. We went to Globe Life Park where the Texas Rangers play baseball. And we went on a tour and it was really cool. And I was like, you know what? Uh, nobody will even notice I didn't do a show live. So it's no big deal. But uh, Adam Sexton did uh, message me and he goes, hey, is there no show today? And I was like, hey, at least somebody noticed. And I said, no, I, I'm busy at a you know, field trip, so I won't be able to do it, unfortunately. But I will do it on Thursday, which is today, so I'm doing the show, even if no one's actually listening. I decided to do it. I'm going to do an ETL News anytime I can. Um, it's just what I, you know, I want to keep... Uh, putting shows up, keep putting content out. I was hoping that uh, Bill could uh, be on the show, but uh, I don't see him around today, but that's cool. I'm doing solo shows now, so it's no big deal. Um, and uh, all that kind of stuff. And you know, it's funny uh, when uh, on, I believe it was on Tuesday, my wife said, don't forget you have uh, track and field. Our daughter's school is going to be at a field all day long doing events and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, that'll be fun. And I loved volunteering when my daughter was young and in elementary school. Now she's in, uh, she's not quite in junior high yet. 
you know, her, she's in seventh grade next year, but I was at this, uh, you know, field day event and they had us on bleachers with the sun just scorching down on us on the bleachers. It was like, I felt like I was on a skillet, like a fried egg. And I was like, I know I'm burning right now. I know I'm, I'm dying right now. So I told him, I go, Hey, I'll be back like 30 minutes. And I, I drove home and I put all this, um, <laughs> all the sunscreen on my head, like on my forehead, even worked it into my scalp. I put it on my, you know, my neck and my, the places I missed though, were my arm on my wrist and my left knee both got really bad sunburn. It's bizarre. Like this one section of my knee that I guess was exposed and the section of my wrist near my watch were dark red. I was like, holy shit, it looks like I burned it on a stove or something. But um, it's already feeling better now. But that, you know, that next morning after you have sunburn and you turn the shower on and it's kind of like, <laughs> yeah, that's, it stung so bad. I was like, holy shit, my arm, what happened? Uh, but, uh, I gotta be more careful. You know, it's not just your face. You have to protect people. It's also your arms and your legs. If those are exposed. And also I've learned my ears because the tips of my ears were burnt also. Um, but guys, I just need to stay out of the sun. And, um, uh, the globe life park thing was pretty fun, but it was really strangely organized when we first arrived there. Picture, you know, a stadium, any kind of sporting event, stadium, empty parking lot, like nobody there. But what do we do? They have us park like a mile away and we're all walking. And I was like, can't, why can't we park like right there, right next to the stadium and go in? I don't know. But once we got there, we had to wait, I'm going to say 25 minutes before they let us in. And, you know, it's a bunch of kids and they're all like, why are they letting us in? They're all just, you know, getting impatient. You know, my daughter, I was proud of her. She was very patient. She was more patient than I was because of all things, it was actually cold yesterday. It was in the fifties and it was windy and I didn't have a jacket. I was just like, why is it so cold today of all days? Um, but that was pretty fun, I guess. Uh, I just couldn't wait till it was over. Um, uh, <laughs> Here's another funny thing. Right when I was about to start the show, I swear, I'm starting the feed, connecting live. My phone rings, and I look down, and I have to decide at that moment, you're about to start the show, Jason, or, but this could be an important call. I see that it's my in-laws calling. Okay, I'm going to go in and answer and see if everything's okay or whatever. And it's my father-in-law, whom I love. He's a great guy. He goes, yeah, I was just talking to AT&T about the, uh, the internet, you know, and I called to ask them some questions, uh, but then they were trying to sell me on this new uh, plan they have. And I was wondering what you think of this. Uh, they, they said basically, and at this point, my brain, my ears are clicking off because I'm like, okay, this isn't important at all right now. I'm about to start the show. And he's talking about like, uh, the internet plan and upping their speed and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, how do I tell them that I got to go? And I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, that doesn't sound too bad. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I go, okay, well, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> just like, 
Sometimes I don't know how to do that. Hey, I got to go right now. I'm doing a stupid live show or something like that. You do a live show during the day? Yeah, yeah. I do ETL News. It's like a, a news thing where basically broadcasting live to no one is really sad. Oh, okay. Well, that sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is pretty interesting. So anyway, here I am. And let's go ahead and start the news. I hope you guys enjoyed our previous show uh, where Bill and I talked about uh, Uncharted and that kind of thing. And I finished Uncharted 4. I finished the game. And I loved it. I don't want to, you know, not too much hyperbole, too much hype. But I will say this. It is one of the greatest video games I've ever played. It is one of my all-time favorites. It's up there with The Last of Us. Good voice acting, story, uh, the mood set, the, the cinematic gameplay, everything, the puzzles, everything. It's an incredible game, and I loved every minute of it. And I wanted to start it over as soon as it was finished. And I had to fight myself not to. I was like, I don't have time to do that right now, because uh, I... I don't devour games like within a day. I can't do that. I have to spread it out. But I will say this. There are some people who love to skip cinematics. They love to just speed through games. And I got to say this. You're cheating yourself. Because that story was awesome. It was as good as a book or a great movie or a miniseries or whatever. It was as good a story as you're going to see anywhere and you can't speed through it. You got it's like a fine wine with a delicious steak dinner, you know. Eat it slow. Because it took a long time for Uncharted 4 to come out and I just don't understand speeding through games. Uh sure if that's what you do if you need to speed through it to review it, I understand, but I'm talking about just enjoy the game. I didn't want it to end. I was getting sad when I knew Okay, this is probably the final chapter. Uh, this, this sucks. It's over. <laughs> you know, Because once it's over, there's that feeling that, you know, I witnessed something very special. I experienced it, but at the same time, it's over. The only way I can relive that is to uh, play it over again. And I probably will eventually. Play it on hard mode or something. Uh, I'm not much into collectibles. I don't really care that much. But I did try to find everything that had to do with the story in the game. I tried to find, you know, I looked around, but I wasn't going to go too crazy looking around. Um, but it's just an amazing game. The Unchar the entire Uncharted series is amazing. Uh, you know, I played the Uncharted collection where I played the first one, uh, Drake's Fortune. Then the second one, Uncharted 2, which is amazing. Uncharted 3, which has amazing visuals and cool Sully storyline. Uh, I loved all the characters, and I loved the addition of a new character in this episode. I mean, in this game. Uh, it was just really cool. <clears throat> I highly recommend it. And uh, I also want to say, uh, this Friday, uh, The Good Guys comes out. Shane Black's new film with Russell Crowe. And uh, uh, please stop licking my... <laughs> my dog is licking my leg while I'm trying to uh, talk... But anyway, The Nice Guys comes out this Friday. It looks amazing. Uh, what was I saying? It has uh, Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling in it. Uh, their chemistry looks incredible. And, and I love Shane Black. And I love his wordplay and his scripts. 
I cannot wait to see this film. I'm going to see it Friday. And I really want to do a post-movie conversation with uh, Steven, with uh, Bill, hopefully, with Adam Sexton. I know he was really excited about it. So hopefully we can swing that. Hey, what's up, John? John Waltz, listening at work. As We'll stay as long as you can. Hey, thanks a lot. I appreciate you listening. How's it going? I'm glad you're here. And um, there's some other movies coming out this Friday that, uh, you know, I don't want to knock a movie that I haven't seen, but uh, I have no interest in seeing the sorority. Hi, John. Oh, that's TRS-80. Uh, I have no interest in seeing the new Seth Rogen comedy. Uh, Neighbors 2 Sorority Rising, which is actually getting decent reviews, but I never saw the first one. It looked kind of mean-spirited. But what do I know? What? Maybe it's a good thing. Uh, maybe I should see it. But also, uh, the Angry Birds movie is coming out. And what's funny about that is, like, can you talk about a movie that came out way too late? Am I right? That game was popular, like... Five years ago, it was on everybody. It could have been even been longer on everyone's devices. You know, you had it on your phone. Every, you know, everyone was Angry Birds crazy. Everybody was playing it. Uh, you're sitting in the dentist's office, and there was some old lady playing Angry Birds on her phone or iPad or something like that. So, uh, I, I'm interested in what that. I'm the trailer is like loud and bombastic, and I'm not sure I'm really into that. Oh, that's right. Uh, Neighbors is pretty funny. Okay, you know, I might check it out on HBO or something. As long as it's not too mean-spirited. <laughs> now, uh, this is the first thing I want to talk about. I don't know, has anyone ever heard of the angry video game nerd? Um, his name is James Rolfe. He does, he, his thing is called Cinemassacre, but he does the angry video game nerd. They're pretty funny videos. Some of them are hit and miss, but he can be pretty funny. Drops a lot of F-bombs. But he recently put out a video called, um, uh, what was it called? <laughs> he basically said, uh, no review, I refuse on Ghostbusters 2016. And he s- speaks... Uh, very eloquently and gives his feelings on why he will not be viewing the new Ghostbusters film. And I listened to it. I watched the video and I was like, okay, I see his view. I'm not going to be that extreme. I mean, my wife, my daughter want to see it. Uh, I will go see it. Uh, I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to go see that. If it looked, you know, just, um, I don't know how to put it. If it just looked taxi bad with queen latifah and jimmy fallon maybe i wouldn't go see it but it doesn't look that bad but you know yes i do like ghostbusters am i like do i uh treat it as a religious artifact no i do not it's a funny movie and uh, it came out at a time when i was younger and and you know i liked the film and i liked the um the idea of ghost busting was neat and stuff like that but when i watched the new trailer uh, it, it doesn't, you know, Bill and I talk about this in our trailer react. There was just a new trailer, the second trailer released. And I will say this, it doesn't make me excited to see the film. I haven't seen anything where I'm like jazzed up, like, Ooh, I can't wait to see that or whatever. I'm going to go see it when it comes out. That's all I can say. But anyway, James Rolfe, 
who is the angry video game nerd. He released his video, but then IndieWire posted an article about his video, which I thought it was really strange. I don't know what IndieWire is. I don't usually uh, read it, but this guy named Vikram Murthy, he posted this article. It said, Ghostbusters reboot, Cinemassacre YouTube critic refuses to see the film for dumb reasons. Okay. So he's saying that he watched this video and this is really dumb. And uh, it says, in a staunch act of defiance, YouTube critics for the most for the popular Cinemassacre channel, James Rolfe, said that he would not review the new Ghostbusters movie in its latest non-review video. In a whopping six and a half minutes, I don't know if that's whopping, uh, Rolf outlines exactly why he won't see the latest Paul Feig film with reasons that include, but surely are not limited to, the following. The trailer looks awful. The Ghostbusters franchise officially ended with the death of Harold Ramis. The name of the film Ghostbusters implies a connection with the original story and character that supposedly is not present. The fact that the film takes advantage of the younger generations who might not have seen the original and may watch the new one without feeling the prerequisite of having to see the other movies. And that now, whenever you look up at the movie, you'll see Ghostbusters 1984 and Ghostbusters 2016. Watch the video above if you want to see more. Okay, I did watch it. I I still think this is strange that this person's getting upset over this. Um, <clears throat> Rolf runs through more complaints, like that the original cast members only appear in cameo roles and that there's not enough fan service for those who grew up with the original film. But it's difficult to take any of his so-called criticisms seriously, not just because they're petulant and childish, but mostly because he refuses to actually see the movie. The fact remains that Rolf has harshly judged the Ghostbusters marketing campaign and has unfairly extended that judgment to the finished film. Who cares? It's his opinion. That's what I don't understand about. He's telling you why he's not going to see it, but apparently this person's mad about it. Though he fully admits that the film may be good and that he sees many bad movies knowingly and with pleasure, he ostensibly fixed principles regarding reboots the original film's integrity and awful-looking trailer keep him from spending a dime towards it. He's waging a war against the new Ghostbusters movie by refusing to pay it the slightest attention. Okay. Well, except the video of him saying why he won't see it. And this is where we get into the uh, um, get people fired up in the comment section. Of course, it's Rolf's prerogative not to see Ghostbusters. Yes, he doesn't have to see it. it he, it's his right. Neither Feig, the film's cast, nor Columbia Pictures has made the film mandatory for the viewing public. Yet, Rolf's public refusal to see the film makes it impossible to take him seriously as a critic. If one did so to begin with, because actually seeing the thing you're purportedly criticizing is a non-negotiable uh, mandate. However, it mostly calls the veracity of his reasoning into question. Considering that many of his complaints aren't based on the actual text, how does he know the new Ghostbusters movie has no connection with the original story if he hasn't seen it yet? Well, I think that uh, Paul Feig has said that. That's how. It doesn't take a giant leap of logic in faith to presume that his... Uh, 
his problem with the film stems from the fact that it stars four women in a previously male-dominated franchise. What? Where did they get that from? That's so funny. It's We know why he really won't see it. The gendered outcry around the film has dominated social media and YouTube comments for months now, with fanboys tripping over themselves to defend the original film as if, as if it were religious text and not a goofy comedy. And to prove they are, in fact, not sexist just because they're harshly, harshly targeting the film sight unseen. Seeing as fan communities have embraced Batman, Star Trek, James Bond, and Planet of the Apes reboots, just to name a few, it's very hard to believe that a new Ghostbusters movie is somehow the final straw for these male audiences. There could possibly be no other reason, right? Anyway, the new Ghostbusters movie opens on July 15th in theaters. Wow. So basically he's saying, I don't care what this, I don't even know if it's a man or a woman said this, someone named Vikram. It sounds like a dude. Uh, I don't care what the angry video game nerd says. I don't care if he says the reason he's not seeing this. It's because it stars four women. And I was like, God, this is really a stupid article. Let me see what the commenter said. And the first comment says, what a sexist asshole. How cool for him that he can just slack off on work because he feels like it. Real mature. Someone married this dude? And it's like, what? The angry video game nerd, I don't think he's really a critic, is he? I don't know, but it's funny. He's he's refusing to do his job. Cinemasker is his own channel. He doesn't work for a large publication or something. Anyway, I just saw that and I was amused that I don't care what you say. If you don't like this movie, it's because you're sexist. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Okay, here's our next article, our Bond news. Daniel Craig says, I'm done as Bond. This coming from the Daily Mail. <laughs> I think my dad posts stories from this website all the time on... Star turns down $68 million deal for two more films as bookmakers stop taking bets on Tom Hiddleston being the next 007. Daniel Craig has told studio bosses he is done playing 007. Sources claim. The news comes just days after bookmakers called off bets on Cambridge-educated Tom Hiddleston becoming the next Bond. Craig is the highest paid actor to play the role, netting a reported total of $38 million for the four films he has appeared in. He has played Bond since 2005, we know that, and so Craig turned down the role from MGM Studios to return his Bond for two more films following last year's hit, Spectre. The sum included endorsements, profit shares, and a role for him as a co-producer. One LA film source said, Daniel is done, pure and simple. He told Top Brass at MGM after Spectre, they threw huge amounts of money at him, but it just wasn't what he wanted. He added, he had told people after shooting that this would be his final outing, but the film company, company still felt he could come around after Spectre if he was offered a money deal. One source said that executives had finally agreed to let the actor go after growing tired of his criticisms of the franchise. Craig told interviewers last year that he would rather slash his wrist than agree to another Bond film. Well, it doesn't sound like this is big news, does it, if he already said that? But later he said he was contracted for a fifth film and would agree to do it for the money. Before Bond, the actor married to... What? Who cares who he's married to? What does that have to... Oh, I guess this is one of those kind of websites. <laughs> but anyway, about that, let's talk about his personal life. It's like, uh, why? 
All right, here's another story. The Martian team coming together again at 20th Century Fox for Andy Weir pitch. So Andy Weir wrote the book, The Martian, which Ridley Scott turned into a film. Well, they have uh, agreed to make another project. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, says Deadline Hollywood. 20th Century Fox just acquired an untitled pitch from Andy Weir, the author of The Martian, which is nominated for seven Oscars this year, including Best Picture. Weir will write the screenplay for Martian filmmakers Simon Kinberg and director Ridley Scott. Didn't it also win for Best Comedy or something at the Golden Globes? Uh, The story is being kept under wraps. This follows Fox's acquisition just last week of screen rights to the Craig Zoller novel, Race of the Broken Land, which Scott will direct. How many friggin' movies is Ridley Scott attached to, is what I want to know. The film, this one a western set near the Mexican border at the turn of... This is a... uh, They're talking about something else. But anyway, that sounds cool. Whatever that is. I wonder if it's based on Andy Weir's next book, or if he wrote a treatment to a new script. I don't know. I will... ETL News will inform you guys later. Now, if you guys are fans of the TV show Supergirl, uh, you should know, you probably already do know if you're a fan of the show, that it was picked up for a second season, but not by CBS, but by the CW. That's right. It will be going to the CW for season two. Uh, a lot of people, including me, thought it should be on the CB, uh, the CW to begin with, but uh, who cares? It's coming to the CW and... The bosses, Greg Berlanti and the other dude, forget his name, uh, they have a major crossover event plan. Both Supergirl and the CW still have plenty of questions to answer over the big move this fall. Though as any fan would surely guess, Kara's network move will afford the chance for one giant crossover with The Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow. To wit, the CW has released its DC-heavy schedule teasing the epic crossover to come. Despite its move to Vancouver and potentially shifting cast, negotiations remain ongoing as to how much time Callista Flockhart will spend up north. Supergirl will remain in its old CBS time slot slot of Mondays at 8 p.m., now joined by Jane the Virgin. Oh, okay, she's going to be on the show. Uh, The other CW series will remain in the current Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday time slots. Legends Season 2 will debut in the fall rather than mid-season. Admitting Supergirl... So basically we're going to have Supergirl, Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow. Just comic book shows one after another. Like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, Admitting Supergirl should have been on the network all along and calling four-way crossover potential the biggest one ever. CW boss Mark Pedowitz said said of the news, Just imagine what our superhero crossover episode is going to look like come December. Um, cheaply made on Vancouver sand stages. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm a fan of the shows. Okay. I'm just saying that, uh, um, I'm a fan of arrow. I casually watch arrow. I started watching legends of tomorrow, but I let them stack up and now I have like eight episodes to watch or something. Uh, in any case, we'll surely hear further details as the day goes on, but what, should we expect from a mammoth DC lineup that includes Supergirl, the flash arrow and legends tomorrow? I don't know. Lots of, uh, lots of, uh, um, witty barbs. I guess that's all I got. That'll be cool. Uh, I watched Supergirl with my wife 
we dug the show. Yeah, it's cheesy. Yeah, the villains are hilariously bad at times, but it's a fun show and it's, you know, fun for the whole family. So whatever. Okay. I don't know. Do you guys read Robert Ludlum? Do you read any of his novels? Because Universal, Dwayne Johnson and James Vanderbilt are plotting to bring the Robert Ludlum cinematic universe to theaters. That's right. First up is the adaptation of The Jansen Directive to star The Rock, or Dwayne Johnson, I'm sorry. Another cinematic universe is taking shape at Universal Pictures is teaming up with screenwriter James Vanderbilt and his partners at Mythology Entertainment, Brad Fisher and William Shirak, as well as Ben Smith and Jeffrey Weiner of Captain Wimmer. Do you guys know who these people are? <laughs> to craft a series of movies based on the works of Robert Ludlum, the best-selling author behind the studio's hit Jason Bourne spy franchise. Okay, he wrote the Jason Bourne movie, so I know what those are. First up in the universe will be the adaptation of Ludlum's The Jansen Directive, which will star Dwayne Johnson. Do you guys remember um, Movie Phone? I mean, we don't need Movie Phone anymore because we all have smartphones and we could look up movie times. But welcome to Movie Phone. Would you like to uh, hear the movie titles now or hit one for the movie titles now? The Jansen Directive, starring Dwayne Johnson, uh, based on the Robert Ludlum novel. I miss that guy, the guy who did that voice. But anyway, uh, Vanderbilt will adapt Jansen Directive from a story co-authored with Academy Award winner Akiva Goldsman, one of Bill's favorite writers. Universal has been working with Captive Captivate, uh, that's the production studio, I'm bringing to the screen many of the spy fillers you know robert ludlum's one of these guys like james patterson where they just crank out book after book after book after book their shit is ripe for uh movies i mean you know hollywood is like bankrupt on ideas it's all sequels and blah 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 and we just eat that shit up with a spoon but go to buy up these series you know they've already got uh um uh, Jack Reacher and whatever. You should be cranking these movies out, man. Whatever. Uh, I picture The Rock just beating the shit out of dude. So that, that'll be pretty cool, I guess. Although I just saw a trailer, a commercial on TV for The Rock's new movie, Central Intelligence, with uh, um, that one comedian. Why do they keep letting him make movies? Oh, yeah, I know because they make money. But Jesus, that looks awful. Um, I, I just want to explain this to, it's not funny to take somebody who's super muscular or handsome and put them in fat makeup. It's just not funny. It never has been. So, Hey guys, guess what? The rock, you know, look the way he looks now, but he used to be fat. Here's a clip and he's a CGI fat person. Not funny. I don't get it. It's just not funny. Um, Nobody could top Norbit when uh, Eddie Murphy did that. Or, you know, the Nutty Professor. Hercules! Hercules! Um, okay, that was funny. Okay, you Walking Dead fans. I always have to have one Walking Dead story on every ETL News. Walking Dead attraction at Universal Studios set to open in July. Yeah, that's what you guys want to do when you go to Universal Studios. See a bunch of people walking around acting like zombies. The Walking Dead attraction at Universal Studios that's been a Halloween staple of the amusement park for a couple of years will finally be open all year round starting July 4th. 
Hey, just in time for the 4th of July, the theme company released a video today detailing what visitors of the exhibit can expect to experience out of the revamped attraction. Greg Nicotero, legendary FX artist and one of the principal artists on the Walking Dead TV series, he also directs all the worst episodes, talks about the new attraction in the video above and how they went about moving molds for the zombies from the set of the show to the theme park. After six years of walking on The Walking Dead, one of the highest rated shows ever made, we have a great opportunity to take The Walking Dead out of the studio, off the soundstage, and into an attraction at Universal Studios Hollywood where guests can come face-to-face with walkers. Nicotero said, We're creating animatronic walkers that guests will be able to see. It's never been done before. It's a -a one-of-a-kind state-of-the-art, and I can't wait. Oh, and by the way, The Walking Dead 7th season premieres later this fall. Yeah, we don't need to know that, all right, asshole? So, um, if you guys want to check that out. But the big news is, they CBS put out a teaser trailer for a new Star Trek series. And I don't know if you guys know this, but the Star Trek series is not going to be on CBS. It's going to be on their CBS streaming app, CBS All Access. CBS wants to create content just for all access, kind of like Netflix or Hulu or Amazon are doing original uh, productions. So they want to do that with Star Trek. Sorry, I'm having problems. The first trailer for CBS's new Star Trek series is here, and along with it, the official logo for the show. Both can be seen in the video above. Guys, it's nothing to write home about. It says Star Trek. Uh... The the 52nd trailer doesn't offer anything too informative. Yeah, nothing. Instead, it starts off with a narrator's voice proclaiming a new adventure before flying warp speed through the galaxy. The teaser ends with the new logo for the series. The show will be helmed by Brian Fuller, best known for creating Hannibal and Pushing Daisies. That's promising. Uh, There's no word on casting just yet. Star Trek is expected to debut next January, although only the first episode will be made available to standard cable TV audiences. Following the premiere of the pilot, people will have to sign up for CBS's standalone streaming service, All Access, to watch the show. Uh, The original Star Trek starred William Shatner. Are you serious? We know that. Oh, God. It's so annoying when they... By the way, uh, it was created by Gene Roddenberry. uh, Shut up. Is it the editor who does that? He goes, yeah, but you didn't tell him what Star Trek is. What what do you mean? Everybody knows that. No, they don't. You got to write it also for people who don't know what it is. Well, people who don't know what it is aren't going to click on the friggin' story, asshole. Oh, sorry. I'm getting getting worked up. (laughs) I just hate crap like that in stories like by the way um the original star trek starred uh william shatner just so you guys know it's like yeah we do know <sighs> okay so uh next story calm down sir i i'm calming down just uh i'm i'm, I'm fine Okay, our next story. Stephen King says fans should expect changes in the Dark Tower movie. The author says things will be moved around. Uh, Just reading that much, I'm already like, uh... Stephen King says that despite the best efforts of director-writer Nikolai... Arcel, I don't know how to say his name. The upcoming adaptation of his novel, The Dark Tower, will have some changes that fans may not like. 
Talking to Entertainment Weekly, King said that the chronological order of the story follows will change to make sense for the adaptation. He said that while he knew fans of the book may be upset, once they see how the changes have been implemented, they'll understand why. It starts sort of in Medias Res in the middle of the story instead of at the beginning, which may upset some fans a little bit. The author did assure people that the movie will start at the same place the book does. However, adding that he was very insistent that's how the movie should begin. Well, you know, technically the the gunslinger starts in Medias Res. King said that uh, Arcel has been great about listening to his concerns, and he believed everyone was on board with where the movie should start. It's going to be a disaster. The Dark Tower follows Roland Deschain, a knight in the desolate land of Midworld, on a mission to reach a tower that stands in the middle of time and space so he can save his world from devastation. While he's trying to reach the tower, however, so is the villainous Man in Black who plans to use the tower to take over various lands. The Dark Tower, which stars Idris Elba, Matthew McConaughey, is set to be released February 17th, 2017, a day that will live in infamy. Stephen King is an author who writes many... Are you serious? We know Stephen King is! Oh my god! No, I'm kidding. I edited that part. But seriously, uh, this is going to be a disaster and piss off everyone. Okay, uh, I don't. If you guys were fans of game trailers, the website gametrailers.com, it was really awesome. It's one of the first places I remember Bill sending me links to. Hey, watch the review of this game. Watch this. Check this out. And uh, I would look at game trailers all the time to see the reviews of things. Well, um, in February, all the game trailers guys, the employees that you've come to know and love, were fired. They were all laid off and let go. And uh, I'll just read the story. IGN acquires game trailers and will maintain, maintain an archive of all of the content. So basically what happened is uh, Defy Media a long time ago bought game trailers, which is great. Hey, we have a uh, corporate backing, whatever, and all that stuff. But uh, they let them all go. But everyone was upset because they created these incredible videos, reviews, these retrospectives that were just going to disappear when the website shut down. But Game Trailer's website is gone forever, but its name and videos will live on. IGN has acquired the rights to the Game Trailer's name and content library and will keep the site's content available on YouTube. Game Trailer's co-founder Brandon Jones announced today... Defy Media, which acquired game trailers in mid-2014, shut down the nearly 14-year-old site this past February. The company laid off game trailers' entire staff, and the website and its YouTube channel stopped updating. Prior to today, the last game trailers video on YouTube was dated February 8th. As of today, our longtime friends at IGN have picked up all the assets from game trailers, said Jones in a video. Although GameTrailers.com is shutting down, IGN is committed to archiving GT's massive library. That means all of the countdowns, retrospectives, reviews, and original shows won't just disappear. We've reached out to IGN and Defy for comment and will update this article with any information. IGN has already begun uploading videos from the Game Trailers archive, starting with series such as Retrospectives and Backtrack to Game Trailers' YouTube channel which still has more than half a million subscribers. A note on the channel says that IGN will complete the archival process next month. 
The Game Trailers channel won't just serve as a library for old Game Trailers content, however. IGN will keep the channel active, publishing the latest video game trailers and maybe more, according to Jones. Jones and the rest of the Game Trailers staff have since launched a new venture, going the Patreon route with Easy Allies. The nine-person team Patreon channel pulls in more than 37000 per month from more than 4,700 contributors. Update. Reach for comment, an IGM uh, representative provided Polygon with the following statement. We are big fans of the content of Game Trailers has published over the years and want to ensure that the videos will survive online. We have added the GT YouTube channel to our network and are scouring hard drives and uploading back catalog content that never made it across. So that's pretty cool. They're keeping uh, Game Trailers, all those videos and all the hard work they did from disappearing, uh, which is... Really awesome of them because that was years of work. And they're re- if you've never seen, uh, go to YouTube and type in game trailers retrospective. And they did some like one of Metal Gear, Star Wars games. They're so detailed and so lovingly passionate about the, the subject matter that they're doing. It would have been a shame for those dis- to disappear, and uh, I think that's really awesome. And by the way, uh, I am a follower of Easy Allies on Patreon, uh, and I think those guys are awesome. And uh, I love the stuff they do, and I like their. I listen to the Easy Allies podcast. I watch all the reviews they do, so they're really cool. So I'm happy for them that Easy Allies is going good. And all their stuff is saved, basically. All their, you know, their work isn't... Because I can only imagine... I know it doesn't mean anything to anybody else when I talk about our our archive. Like, Nowhere in Mulberry archive. I mean, we did over 300 episodes of Nowhere in Mulberry. Then we turned into uh, Entertainment Landfill. I, I don't want all those shows to disappear forever. And I do want them to be available for other people who are interested in listening because those shows provided a lot of laughs and entertainment for myself. (laughs) You know, I love doing those shows with Bill, Steven, and even my sisters or whenever we had guests on, um, it was awesome. And I know how much that means if that were to just disappear and it wouldn't exist, there would be an emptiness inside me that nobody could have access to those. So I know it's different. Those guys did something that, uh, was their job, et cetera. But, um, I can understand it. So that's cool. Uh, I want to, here's another news story that I'm really bummed out about because I really, really like this show limitless on CBS. And so far CBS has not announced if they're going to renew it for a season two yet. And finally the CBS chief confirmed that limitless is being shopped elsewhere. The procedural based on the movie is more than likely done at CBS. Fresh off canceling Rush Hour. I never watched that. (laughs) CBS appears poised to drop fellow film to TV reboot Limitless with executives telling press during its pre-up breakfast on Wednesday that the procedural is being shopped elsewhere by producers CBS Television Studios. Right now, we're in discussions with other potential buyers, so I'd rather not comment on that at the moment. CBS president Glenn Geller told reporters declined to say that the series had officially been canceled. CBS Corp CEO 
Les Moonves was bullish about nearly all of the network's first year shows back in March, but enlisting Brad Bradley Cooper, who starred in the 2011 film on which the show is based as an executive producer and recurring guest star, didn't provide enough fireworks the network was uh, no doubt banking on from a blockbuster film star and three-time Oscar nominee. Uh, shut up. The drama averaged a 2.4 rating among adults, 18 to 49, with impressive DVR numbers factored in, but it's live plus same-day stats. Can you believe they have these people have to live through this shit, these friggin' ratings shit. Uh, it's a great show, funny show, uh, endearing show with a lot of character. And it just sucks that this is what happens, you know? And, uh, it placed well behind Tuesday night counterparts, NCIS and NCIS new Orleans with all three NCIS shows returning as well as cop dramas, Training Day in the new MacGyver. CBS has opted to see if it can improve on Limitless's performance. While the Jake McDormand and Jennifer Carpenter star... I'm sorry, I'm running out of steam reading this because it bums me out. Jake McDormand and Jennifer Carpenter star likely won't be back at CBS. The show did receive a fair amount of critical support. The Hollywood Reporter's TV critic Dan Feinberg called it one of TV's most creative procedurals. Overall, CBS's freshman class finishes three for seven, with the network also canceling Angel from Hell, Renewing Life in Pieces, Coded Black, and Criminal Minds Beyond Borders. Criminal Minds Beyond Borders? Who watches that shit? I'm bummed out. Please, somebody. I know a TV executive is listening right now because I'm delusional. Please pick up Limitless for your network, your streaming channel. Why doesn't CBS just move it to CBS All Access, their friggin' streaming site? I would subscribe immediately because I want to see Limitless. That's how much I like the show. I don't, there's no stigma with streaming shows for me. I like Netflix and I watch streaming only titles and stuff. Come on, please don't let Limitless be canceled. I just want you guys to think of me. If you guys read one day soon, then coming weeks, Limitless canceled somewhere. Picture me slumped over sad because that's going to happen. Now here's a reason not to be sad. One of the shows that Fox has announced that they will have uh, in the new fall TV shows is Lethal Weapon. Uh Uh-huh, that's right. They're adapting the movie, the Mel Gibson, Danny Glover film, into a TV show. The iconic cop duo Riggs and Murtar are back in the all-new Fox series Lethal Weapon. Don't miss them as they work in a crime-ridden modern-day L.A. Um, Bill, I've told Bill to watch this and I think he was just offended by everything. Uh, (laughs) because let's face it, whoever plays Martin Riggs is, oh my God, you're, you have your work cut out for you, man, because it's friggin' Mel Gibson played Martin Riggs. You're not going to please anybody. I don't see anybody being happy for this. Uh, and let's see, uh, who do they cast as Martin Riggs? Uh, let me find it. Let me find it. Martin Riggs is played by Clayne Crawford. 
Clayne Crawford. You would know who he is if you've seen the show Rectify. But he's also been on many other different things. He's just been in a lot of TV. Uh, And he's got kind of this southern boy look. He's from Alabama. That's where he's really from. And But I think Riggs is a Texan, ex-Navy SEAL in the show. And uh, guess who's going to play Murtaugh? That's right, Damon Wayans Sr. plays Roger Murtaugh. Let's just listen to the trailer here. You ready for this? You sure? Then do me a favor. Don't miss. Because I'm not spending the rest of my life with some tube coming out of my mouth because you morons can't shoot. So let's do this together. One. I just want to make sure there's no one else left for you to kill. Just you and me. I've seen a lot of crazy people before, but this dude is in a class by himself. Who is it? Nobody. It's um. Hi, Martin Riggs. I'm sure you've heard a lot about me. Not a word. We're about to have dinner. Would you like to come in? No, he can't. He can't. He got stuff he got to do. Come on. No. I mean, it, it does smell good. Oh, it tastes even better. So, do you have any kids, Martin? I, I do not. But you're married. If you ask me to change Not anymore. She passed away. I'm sorry, Martin. I don't know if I can She was a good one. Gave me something to live for. I need you to be honest with me. Do you think Rings is dangerous? Very. Scenes, rigs jumping on cars, cars crashing, etc. LAPD, put your hands in the air! Don't make- what? I didn't kill him. This man is out of his mind. Lots He's of gunplay, which, you know, can be fun on a weekly basis, right? hell did this guy do we questioned him the right, guy right. fled so we followed and, him and then he pulled distance. a gun on us yes right. and he pulled a gun tried what to shoot gonna us. Do? We pulled stop gonna do? you were 50 years old Murtaugh and still only a detective i like solving cases not kissing acid all right what do you guys think huh the lethal weapon when i showed that to my wife she thought it was she was like "Ooh, i'm gonna watch that good lord man <laughs> Uh, I will watch it too, but I gotta say, I know it's Lethal Weapon, the TV show. It's not Lethal Weapon, the movie, obviously. Uh, there's a part in that trailer 
where she says, um, do you have, are you married? And they show his wife in a car patting her pregnant belly with pride as a truck is coming right at her and slams into her and it crashes the black. I was just like, wow, very tactful, director. Um, so we will see. Uh, as we all know, pilots can be very hit or miss. You've got to set up the whole story of Lethal Weapon, which we all know. And we all know because of Lethal Weapon 2 that his wife wasn't just killed in an accident. By accident, there was a reason for it. Someone killed her uh, trying to get to him, which, you know, they can get into. You know, the they'll have a lot of adventures and stuff. And, you know, Riggs is a crazy cop because his wife died and he's on the ragged edge and all that stuff. So they could have fun with that. Uh, my first instinct is, wow, I can't believe they did this. My second instinct is, why not do it? Go ahead. What's the big deal? And uh, my third reaction is, okay, I will give it a try. And that's what I'll do. I will give it a try. <laughs> well, guys, that was my show. That is another ETL news in the bag. I hope you enjoyed it. John Waltz, thank you so much for listening. And I see I've got another listener, uh, but it's not. It's yet another username. <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. If you would, go to um, nimpodcast.blogspot.com. There you can find all the previous episodes there you can find our uh, I'm actually currently building a new archive but it's a patron only archive we're talking about a highly detailed archive and uh, I'm trying to put everything we've ever done in there um, it's taking time it takes a lot of time to actually upload a lot of stuff but also um, I'll let you know when it's done um, I'm gonna I'm was shooting for June, but I'm hoping just to get it done over the summer <laughs> for anyone who's interested in all of our old shows. Uh, but guys, thank you so much for listening. If you would send me any kind of feedback, send me an email or voicemail at nimpodcast at gmail.com. I would love that very much. If you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash landfill and check that out. Uh, uh, once again, guys, thank you so much for listening and I love feedback. Give me some and, uh, I'll see you next time. All right, guys, what are you waiting for? Get up there and watch some TV shows, go see a movie, play some video games, do something creative and I'll see you next time. You've been listening to Entertainment Landfill News with your host, the Jaystrom. Please exit the theater in an orderly fashion. Remember, Jason likes feedback. Will someone please tell this guy that you are indeed listening because this poor guy is so full of doubt, he starts to doubt his own shadow. Can you imagine living like that? What a sap. Seriously though folks, thank you for listening and have a wonderful day full of awe and beauty and a sense of calm. Oh, and don't forget to pen the great American novel. I'm out of here. Chuck you laters. Now this is podcasting.